just because one time Christie is not enough, we're going to flip it and bring it right back to two times Christie in the studio, in the office, Christie's service. She just dominated a previous episode on credit where we talked about her website, creditchristie.com. Yes. But we started down a rabbit hole that I felt was too good to not go down. But if it went down, we wouldn't have time to cover everything we needed to with credit. So literally back by popular demand, by popular demand, it was JC and me saying, Hey, Christy, this is some awesome shit. Will you stick around and do a whole entire episode on this? And she said, yes, of course. So therefore, you are tuned into the Loan Officer Podcast. I am Dustin Owen. She is Christy Service. In this episode, we are going to cover budgeting. We are going to cover why Dave Ramsey is good but not great. We are going to discuss why Christy very well could and should be the Susie Orman of the 2020s. Nice. We are going to talk about everything you should have been taught in high school but you weren't. What you should have learned in college, but it wasn't taught to you. What should have been talked about at the dinner table growing up, but your parents didn't know any better. And if we have time, Christy, if we have time, I would love for you to imagine yourself sitting in front of a classroom full of a bunch of 17 and 18 year old young women, future business operators, entrepreneurs. What advice do you have for those young ladies both at the high school level and even those that maybe are 2021 20, getting ready to graduate college. Well, we got a lot to get to. We have a lot to get get to in hopefully under 30 minutes. Let's do this. We can talk um, fast. We can talk fast. So where do you want to start? Because we have a lot to cover. Hmm. Let's knock out budget and Dave Ramsey. Budget and Dave Ramsey. So tell me, why is Dave Ramsey good but not great? Good but not great. He he brings to us an element of information that unfortunately society has not taught us. Our parents were very elusive about money, and I'll get to the psychology and and the background because of of that. That there's there's a whole layer there that we need to talk about, um, and we're not taught it in schools. I think the credit card companies keep this information out so that way we rely on credit cards when we go out to be an adult, right? Um, So Dave brings an element of information that we are hungry for, but he has a couple of uh, lies that that just don't settle Are they intentional lies, do you think? I don't think so. Okay. But I think that from the space that he's coming from, I think that information may have been valid 30 years ago when he started this, you know, mantra of his. But things have evolved so much in our world that I don't think some things fit very much anymore. And yeah, for somebody, Dave's a boomer. I mean, he's got, you know, $200 million in net worth. You, you, you don't, yeah, when you have that kind of money, you don't need a credit score. You're right, Dave, you don't yeah. need a credit score. <laughs> but in his book, on his podcast, um, on his television show, I hear him tell people all the time that credit um, is, is, you know, the anti-anything, right? And that credit scores aren't important. You don't need to have a credit score in order to get a mortgage. And unfortunately, that is false information. We're both loan officers, and we don't set those parameters or those guidelines. Fannie Mae does. And so we might have some one-offs that are available, um, but people will pay a higher interest rate if you don't have a credit score. And the important thing about a credit score is it is simply a snapshot of your ability to borrow money and pay it back on time, and that's it. That's we don't simple. need to make it more complicated than that. And if you have no history of that, 
if you don't have any history of something, how can you prove yourself? So if you can do well with the small things, then we think that you can do well with the big things. So that's really the reason of having a credit rating in which to go by. It's not everything, but it is a requirement to get started. All right. right? So there's there's one place where we find Dave eh, doesn't really have it the way that we think he should have yep. it. What's another place? Another place he talks about, so if we're going to um, move on to budget, yes. Um, some of the things that he says is a little unrealistic. Um, I think that Dave comes from a place of scarcity. If you read his books, if you listen to his podcast, um, follow him in any way that you do, you might hear him talk about how you should you know, sell things out of your closet and eat ramen noodles until you get to a certain place. And I think that we have to enjoy the journey as well. We work really hard for our money. We should be able to spend it and save it. And that's why if we follow a budget, so um, research has shown that if we follow a household budget, we can spend up to 14% less annually. Just by following a budget. Just by following a budget. Which would tell me that's 14% I can use to pay down bad debt or 14% that I could potentially save for retirement. Absolutely. Okay. So let's say you can now um, max out your uh, employer match, right, on your 401k. Maybe you can start an IRA if you've got children, get a 529 college account started. Uh, a lot of people have um, balances on store credit cards at 24 to 29% APY. Like that doesn't have to be there if... Uh, you're making a payment of $35 and $30 of it is going to interest. We need to get those balances gone. Yeah, you're running in quicksand at that point. Correct. But not at the cost of not enjoying the journey. So I like to teach from a place of if you follow a budget and you scrape by on some of these things. Let me give you an example. A lot of people don't know how much energy is consumed by a hot water heater. If you got a little timer on your hot water heater, it could save you as much as like 40 or $50 a month. No way. If you have an old unit, swear it. When I leave for the day, uh, I've got two little dogs at home. They are quite comfortable at 78, 79 degrees. And when I come home, I pump it down to 76, but I don't have it running at 76 all summer long, right? Like during the day when I'm not there. So balancing that out saves a couple bucks on my um, electric bill. We looked at what we were paying for cable. And when we started off with Spectrum, it was you know X dollars. And after that 12 months, they just sneak it up and sneak it up and sneak it up. And the next thing you know, we had over a $200 bill between Wi-Fi and cable. And we're like, forget this. So we renegotiated that. So a lot of people don't realize you can renegotiate some costs of, of, of living. Um, another thing that you could uh, consider is going into a grocery store with a shopping list instead of just winging it. Oh God, have you uh, heard the horror stories about me shopping? No. Yeah, it's my kids love it. Like my my daughter verbalizes, "Oh yay, Dad went shopping." Oh no. Oh yeah, they know because I'm coming back with the list. Yes, and then and about twice as much of whatever <laughs> else looked good as I was walking through. You probably went hungry too. That's yeah. another thing. Go full, go with the list. And if it's not on the list, the only way I give myself a free pass is if it's a BOGO and it's something that we actually need, right? So okay. buy one, get one. Toilet paper. There you go. You're going to need it. You're going to need it. It doesn't go to waste. For sure. For sure. Um, here's what's interesting. As you're sitting here talking, my, my hamsters in my head on the wheel are just going at like 100 miles an hour. First, you say things like you have to enjoy the adventure mm -hmm. or the experience. Mm -hmm. Like that's life. And I couldn't agree more. And I think we all would agree, especially living in this post-COVID world, how many, how, how many instances do we have over the past four months where we've, we've taken stock in everything we should appreciate? Mm -hmm. Because there might have been things that we were not appreciating. Things like being able to go to a restaurant. Yes. 
you know, and it's, um, it's, it, I think it's a, it's a very valid point that you make that you can have it both. You can have Whereas it both. maybe someone like a Dave Ramsey, it, he preaches scarcity. Now, by the way, I want anyone listening, if you have a severe, se- severe deficiency in budget, in personal accountability, Dave Ramsey's a great place to start. Yes. It's a really good place to start because the principles are tried, they're true, they're basic, they're to the point. Um, there's many clients that I've looked at their credit reports and I've thought what I really should do for this person is just go out and buy a Dave Ramsey book yes. and hand it to them because I'm not going to be able to help them purchase a home because their current financial situation is not in line. There's no harmony there. Correct. And it's, it's behaviors, right? We, we, are, we learn through what we see and not necessarily what we're taught because it's not really being taught. So I honor Dave being a teacher, right, and putting himself out there teaching the stuff that he knows. And that's where I'm starting to, to try to fill that space as well. But um, we've got to have that mindset, though, as well, that we, again, have to enjoy the journey. So we might be able to um, shave a little bit off over here to be able to have that cash flow so you can pay off those high interest rate credit cards. And then you will now have a place of savings because now you're cash flowing a little bit, right? Yeah. And, and this is all fantastic because they don't teach this anywhere. They don't. Like your your little life hack on whether it's your AC, whether it's your uh, hot water heater, whether it's your cable bill. I'm sure you probably do the same thing with your auto insurance, maybe even your homeowner's Shop insurance. auto insurance and homeowner's insurance every single year. Shop that. That's a, a, a really quick and easy way to save some money on premiums. I'm on a prepaid cell phone plan and it's 40 bucks a month and it's with Verizon. It's not a plug for Verizon. It's just before I was on it, when I was on a contract, it was like 75 or $79 a month. So I went to the prepaid plan and I'm like, what's changed? And they're like, you just pay it every month and we'll just auto bill you. And Get out okay, of so town. So what's changed? <laughs> I never knew <laughs> about that. It's the same yeah. Um, and, and what's crazy is the book I'm reading right now is Atomic Habits. And it's a, by the way, it's Brilliant a must book. read. It's a must read. I'm only one chapter into it. Brilliant. And this is a book I know I'm going to go ahead and just crank through. And in the first chapter, what I've already learned is it t- talks about changes aren't made overnight. You don't wake up one day and be 50 pounds overweight, right? You made their bad habits, but every day you collectively made a bad habit choice. Mm-hmm. These good habits. No, you're not going to wake up one day wealthy because you stuck to your list when you went to Publix. Right. But if you stick to your list when you go to Publix every time you go and you couple that with the Bright House cable bill and you couple that with the AC hack and the hot water heater and you do it for three or four years, yes, yep. you will wake up and voila, yeah. you have no consumer debt, you have six months reserves, you're contributing to your 401k. And you're having fun. You're having fun, you're sleeping well at night. Yep. like life becomes harmony. Yes. Like there, there's harmony in your life if you're able to create these yes. habits. And then by following a budget, you can also plan for, uh, say, travel. I travel twice a year very, very well. <laughs> and it's because we plan that out. I also paid my, my car off. I'm driving uh, a six-year-old car by design because I want what would have been going to a car payment to go to my travel fund. Have you ever owned a brand new car? Um, I did once and I'll never do it again. Okay, I, I haven't. It's kind of like a life goal of mine, although Dave Ramsey teaches, and I do buy into a lot of his principles, you don't buy brand new, Um, but I may indulge. I may get to a point in my life where it's going to be a reward. So I love that you say that, and you should reward yourself for it. What most people do is try to start off with the award 
as an 18 or a 21 year old. You don't need to have a $700 car payment when you make 40 grand a year. No. Like you have to get there. But most people think that the world views them a certain way if they're in this certain type of car and I have a, a bubble to burst. We don't. They don't. Nobody yeah. cares. Yeah, no one does a whole lot for the 30,000 heirs. No. What, um, where I think it might be important is if you were like my financial advisor, I wouldn't want you showing up in a 1978 broken down Pinto. You know, yeah. unless it was restored, it was cool. But you see what I'm saying? So I think there's something along the lines of it has to kind of match where you're at in your life. If you are 23 years old and finishing up college or just starting in your career, nobody's going to look at you and go, wow, that guy's rolling in dough because he's driving a charger. They're going to go, God, that's costing him a lot of money. I wonder how he's doing that. Yeah. <laughs> no. And, and here's the interesting uh, point of view that you bring. Um, you can empathize with people. Right. You can empathize because not only have you been at every facet of financial success or financial ignorance, but you, you just figured this out personally yep. within the past five, seven, eight years. I was broke as a joke. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I like like I feel that way. I mean, it's it's unfortunate that mine goes back 10 years, but it was just 10 years ago that literally my wife said to me, um, what happens if that loan doesn't close? And I'm thinking, um, I'm going to have to probably grovel to my father to see if he'll loan me some money. Yep. Or just 14 years ago that I drove around Orlando with a for sale sign in my Ford Explorer sport track because I couldn't afford the $390 a month payment. Wow, I had my student loans deferred. I, I turned off my cable. Yep. Um, all because... I had made a financial decision that I was going to finally, for once in my life, be financially responsible. Mm. Um, and it sucked for the first three years. Right. It and did. we have to get to that ugly place a lot of times before we can make that decision to change it. Um, back to you know what we learned from our parents. Most of us have made a financial decision about what money means when we were around four to six years old. So now wow. we grow up and we've got this kid right running our financial life for us. Wow, that yep. is powerful. So we, you're telling me my four-year-old self makes financial decisions. Until you uncover what your core story is. Okay. Yep. Is that something you help people with, like like uncovering their core story? I'm creating a course okay. about this right now. Plug so, away. Tell oh, me more about it. Super. Thanks to you. So I'm about, I hope, just two weeks away, um, you'll be able to get it from Credit Christie. Dot com. And so the course starts off with uncovering your core story as it relates to money. So um, I've got a couple of freebies that if somebody wanted to go to the website, there is a um, like a self-assessment. It's 12 questions just to kind of uh, put a little um, temperature gauge, I guess, on your uh, financial health. Okay. And so that way you can kind of see where you fit in there. And then I also have a three video series um, that I can give away as well. It kind of overviews what the program is without any kind of a commitment. So we have to un um, uncover what your core story is. So a lot of times we'll see somebody and they're like, wow, that person is a spender, right? They're like retail therapy is the only thing that brings them uh, joy and sunshine in their life. And there's an undercover reason why, and we can, we can discover what that is and then be able to create some other balancing um, behaviors. So that way retail behavior uh, retail shopping isn't our true therapy. So this is powerful stuff. Now I'm assuming the the right person who is, who is ready to kind of stand up, raise their hand, and say, "I have some issues and I want to work on them." Mm -hmm 
probably needs to come with an open heart and an open mind. Have to. So okay. there's so much psychology in money. I think money and economics are hand in hand, but unfortunately we're not ever taught that in school. Like if you ever took an economics class, it was micro and macro and you learned about supply and demand, but we never really learned about how that applies to us personally. And when we really start to uncover the, um, the relationship that we have with money, and usually it was what we saw in our parents and, and um, sometimes what was just um, taught to us through behaviors. A lot of times parents fought about money or they may have never talked about money. Or um, I, I read a story once where this one mom would go to her two daughters and slip them $10 bills and say, don't tell your dad. And what she was trying to do was like allow them to have some play money because mm -hmm. dad was kind of strict. Maybe he followed a budget. But what that ingrained into these girls' heads is, well, what does dad have against money, right? So, so we start creating these stories and then we live into those stories. So somebody might be a saver to the point where they're hoarding money and their family can't even enjoy, you know, some, some, some playtime because it costs Gosh, us money, you know? So there's is... all sorts of behaviors. There's spenders and savers and there's risk takers. Um, there's, there's all of these different behaviors. And so if we can get into what that psychology, that background, that core story is, now we can create a new relationship with money. So you'll never erase that core story, but just the awareness of it and then knowing how to counterbalance those behaviors will help you get a new healthy relationship moving forward. But I am mesmerized by this thought process. You're sitting here talking, I'm trying to take it all in. And while I'm trying to take it all in, I'm imagining Robin Williams and Matt Damon in Robin Williams' office, Goodwill Hunting, one of my favorite movies. Awesome movie. And Robin Williams is looking at Matt Damon and is like, it's not your fault. And Matt Damon's like, yeah, I know. And it's Robin not was, our fault. It's not your fault. And you're telling us right now. It's not our fault. It's not our fault. And the minute we can recognize it's not our fault, then we can stop being so defensive right. and personal about it. And then let's start addressing it. Let's start acknowledging and addressing it. Because I'm assuming you mentioned this person is retail therapy, mm -hmm. but this person's a saver. Yep. You said that, and a lot of people might think, oh, that person's a saver, high five, they're dominating. And I bet you might come in through your course and your program and tell people where being a saver isn't necessarily a good or a bad thing, and it could be a bad thing, um, if if there's other underlying themes that go behind the saving. Yep, there are. And and usually savers uh, aren't risk takers, so they're putting their savings into you know a savings account at 0.01% interest. Right. So um, you're right. It is not our fault. Um, my father was born in 35. So his parents raised him, you know, yeah, they're, they're a product yeah. of, of the of the depression. So their mindset is what taught my dad. And my dad is who taught me. So, again, it's not my fault. I'm not taught it in school. And my parents did the best that they could from the place that they had, you know, from from the knowledge that they knew. And nobody's really at fault, but we need to take a proactive step forward and really uncover what's possible for us. And most couples are, 75% uh, of couples are the opposites yes. with one another. So uh, that is me. Ding, you have ding, your ding. core story. I have my core story. We get together and then we don't know how to defend what it is that we believe about money, right? Because I don't really know why this is my belief and you don't really know why that's your belief. It's just always been four-year-old, remember? Um, and you've just been living into it. So how do I explain why I'm a saver and you're a spender? And like, I don't know how to even have that conversation. So you know what, what happens? Nothing. People don't have a conversation. Yeah. Well, well, if I don't talk about it, it never happened. Right. Like, no, no. Right. That's the one thing I learned personally going to a life coach or going to a counsel, going to counseling. Yeah. It's like, just because you don't talk about it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Correct. Like you might as well talk about it. Um, 
and, and, and just you know, another personal story, but you sit here and talk and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's resonating. And I wish more people learned this in high school or were, were taught this uh, early on in their 20s. Um, I was fortunate for a roundabout reason. Early on in my adult life, my wife and I were gifted a financial consultation with a, a local financial advisor. Wow. And I joke because for so many years, especially before we had kids, like he was the only marriage counselor we needed. The only thing we would fight about would be finances. Yeah. But by sitting down with someone who is a professional, and it sounds like your service is going to actually fill this void even better than his did for us, we at least had one individual that we respected and we bought into his philosophies. So therefore, it's no longer about you know, what, what Michelle wanted or what I wanted. Yeah. It was, what is Kirk teaching us? Yeah. And when you mention the opposites, true story, uh, no BS here, he told her, you're not 80 and dying and quit acting like it. He told me, you can't save the world, quit acting like it. Yes. Somewhere in the middle, we need to meet so that you two and your four-year-old selves can, can find a path that works best for you moving forward for the next 50, 60 years. Super great advice. Yeah. No, it, um, thank you, Kirk Young, Bar Financial. Nice. Shout out to, uh, to Kirk. I think he's still in practice. He might have been, he might have retired by now. Um, what else? When we think about budgeting or, and, and, and maybe do this for me, throw out what are your three go-to pieces of information or tidbits of advice when it comes to budgeting? It can just be rapid fire. Like you, you meet with Christy, you go through her program, um, and she's going to teach you how to budget. What are the first three things that you're going to throw at me? First off, be real to yourself, right? Um, I have two dogs. They cost me more, way more than just the cost of the food, okay. right? So be real with what your expenses are. Most people don't really track the Starbucks and then the drive-through and then the you know happy hour on the way home from the office and whatever. So if you really started tracking where you're spending, now you'll know why you don't have thousands of dollars in savings and why your credit cards aren't paid off. Like, so be real with the numbers. I would start there. Um, I would tell you to uh, update your budget every so often. So would you agree Six that- Six months. Well, is your electric bill different in August than it is in February? Yes. Yeah. I open up all my windows in February. I'm not running the air conditioner, right? So it could be $150 difference for me. And then gift giving is much different for me in December than it is during the summer, right? So a lot of people don't budget wow. for, for Christmas. And then um, we forget that we've got to buy parents our anniversary gifts and birthday gifts and Mother's Day and Father's Day. And so like, what are what are all of those costs that we don't really think about, but you've got to. My mom would be so devastated if I didn't buy her a birthday gift, right? How so we've got cool to calculate is that. that? Like legit, if you were like badass at budgeting, you would have a January through December budget yep. and you could look back on previous years. You can sure. look back and say, okay, well, last February, my budget was X. I spent Y. Mm -hmm. Where can I do better? Or where do I have room to possibly yep. expand? Because I was under budget that month. Yeah. So I've got an okay. actual and a projected. So that way you could say what your actual numbers are, but where you'd like to be, you know, what you're projecting to be uh, to hit your goals. So that way we can get to the point. So um, another thing that I've recently put in, and it was from the coaching that I've been uh, following, is I set up a separate online bank account, and it's a savings, right? Um, I chose Capital One because they have a really nice, um, pretty high APY for a okay. low, low savings balance requirement. Um, but I automatically send 20% of my paycheck over there. So 20% of my take home gets forced over into an online account that's not quite difficult to get to, but it's not inside of my 
uh, checking account. Yep. You know what I mean? So if it's there, I'll spend it. So now I have to. I'm Is that level to. three? Are you in level three? I know. I'm whatever level you want me to be on. Okay. <laughs> but just, just saying, like, if you had to live off of this amount of money, you'll figure it out right? You'll figure out where you need to cut. So, so I've just tightened up my spending a little bit. And so that way I'm, I've got 20% of my take home pay sitting over here every single year. So That's now, fantastic. now I can, I can go and I can put it into the stock market when it goes on sale. I can hand it to my financial advisor and say, make something out of it because you know, compound effect, especially with atomic habits, right? You're yes. learning about compound effect. Um, it's huge. So the, the, the earlier you get to it, the more time it has to grow. What if I can't afford 20% of my pay. Start with what you can start okay. with 5%. Um, you kind of alluded to where I was a few years ago, five years ago, I was working three jobs. Thank you. Say that again. Five years ago, you're doing what? <laughs> I was working three jobs. And that's because you weren't where you wanted to be. It's exactly. I yeah. wanted to buy a home. I needed my down payment. And um, there's a lot more hours in the 40 hours a week that I was working at my real job. So uh, I worked at the um, at a mall at a jewelry store selling uh, jewelry over the weekends. And then I was transcribing almost every night, probably 15 to 20 hours worth during yeah, the, that's, the weekend um, weeks. I love that. And, and I think, thank you for sharing that because I think that goes missed. It's um, people talk about saving, 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 but at the same time, talk about earning, earning, earning. Mm -hmm. What can you be doing? I have valued cars. I've been an assistant auctioneer. I've done day labor, like during the hurricanes, I went out and cleaned up debris because FEMA was paying like, 20 bucks an hour cash and I needed the money. Yep. You know, I, I needed, um, it, it, I, if I can focus on earning while also creating financially sound habits, yep. then I can get to my end goal. And it's not forever, right? It's until you pay off that credit card bill. It's until you get to that savings amount. It's until you get my promotion. Yes. It, it is until my business that I started 18 months ago finally takes off, right? Yeah, it is a, until, well, how about a, a third one? Mm. It doesn't have to be in order, but like, like, like what, what is one of your favorite, like you're talking about budget. You've, you've told us write down, write down everything that you spend yep. and make a budget, but not just any budget, get granular, look at it from a, at least quarterly, if not monthly basis, yep. because your budget in December may be different than your budget in July based on in July, you do vacations and your electric bills to the roof. In right. December, you have Christmas and maybe vacations. So that might be your biggest budget month where maybe February is where you, you, you scale back uh, because you have to lick your wounds from December. <laughs> right. Credit card bills just came out. Yeah. I would say my third is, is kind of tapping on what we just spoke on. Um, do what you got to do. We, we've got this entitlement um, with this I don't know this this mindset that is just kind of like well I'm I I, sh I shouldn't have to do that I don't I don't need to and I just you know if we can get out of our own way and not let ego run the ship um, I'm not too good to walk dogs I'm not too good to transcribe I'm not too good to take a mall job because it's not forever it's yeah. not what defines me it's temporary to help me get to my goals and then when you get other people on that same boat with you to help encourage you through this time like hey this is my goal and this is what i'm going to do to get there this is my strategy to make it happen i'm going to go and hustle i'm going to um, turn my hobby into an etsy side gig right i'm going to make some money off of the skill set that i learned over here i'm going to teach other people and get paid to tutor what whatever it is um get your ego out of the way that oh i shouldn't have to do this because i deserve that promotion or i i'm in line for for just get get out of there in that headspace and just do what you got to do and just know it's temporary and 
just put your nose to the grind and make it happen. Awesome. Total rabbit hole here. Um, words of wisdom. Stay away from multi-level marketing for your side hustle. Statistically, the odds are forever not in your favor. Um, I listened to a phenomenal podcast like two weeks ago where it was like a six or eight part series all about mar uh, multi-level marketing, Road and Fields, um, Amway, Tupperware, mm -hmm. Mary Kay, all of that. The probability of success is something like 1%. Wow. So look, just like Christy said, no, go work at a car wash. That's guaranteed 850 an hour, right? right. They're not going to require you to go spend $3,000 on products right. to hopefully make that three grand back plus right. some kind of a net profit. Not too long ago, I was um, helping a caterer for weddings and that he needed, you know, servers. So I went to Burlington and spent, you know, $20 on a, on a black vest and mm -hmm. a white shirt and a bow tie. And I was a server until I didn't have to be anymore, but it was, you know, Friday nights, Saturday nights for, for anniversary parties and for weddings. And I just did that for a few months until I got that extra cash that I needed for that one thing. So, um, just yeah. get out of your own yeah, way. That was 2009. That, that was me. Yeah. 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 So, um, to, to the last point that you had, um, asked about for a younger yes. audience, yes. right? So, so if I were talking to um, some young ladies that were getting ready to graduate school or start adulting or something along those lines. Um, and, and real quick, yep. I love this and thank you for remembering it. And here's why I love it. Because you're young. Because you're wildly successful in your profession. You went out and made that happen. Nothing was handed to you. So in my opinion, who better to listen to but someone who can A, relate. Like Christy was once just you. She remembers what it was like. Um, so anything that she has to say, anyone younger in life listening, preferably, preferably our future lady business owners, business operators, this is for you from one of your own who was once just sitting where you're sitting. Yeah, thank you. Okay. So um, a, a couple of thoughts and what I'd like to start with, which I believe is probably the most powerful part of this, and I wish I knew this when I was 19 years old, comparison is the enemy of contentment. And I was constantly comparing myself to other people. I should have gotten that promotion. I should have gotten that raise. I should be driving that car. You know, I, I should be further along. Did you ever go back to your yearbook and look at what you said you were going to be in 10 years or no, 20 years? No, oh my I gosh. haven't. It's, it's something special. So I'm yeah. going to encourage you to do that. Okay. When I did that, I went, oh, yeah, I'm yeah. not anywhere close <laughs> to where I said I was going to be. And that's okay. I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. But I also want to say, um, if, if we're talking about income, money making, those kinds of things, especially if we're talking to somebody who desires to be that business operator or entrepreneur, don't let anybody, anybody stand in your way. Figure out how to make it happen and commit yourself 100% because if we're, let's just be really brutally honest, if we're wage earners and we're only working, no matter what we put into it, I'm only earning this X amount for the rest of my life. Uh, for me personally, it was kind of stifling my um, ambitions to move even harder, faster, better because I knew no matter what I put into it, I was only going to be capped at this amount. Um, do I always want to be the very best version of what I can be where I'm at? Yes. But at some point you wake up and you go, well, I want to do this for me and I want to do it my way. And I want to do it this way because I know I can impact so many more people doing it this way. So learn everything you can from your wage earner position, be the very best that you can be at it while you're in it, and then aim for something 
even bigger. I, I remember waking up one day with these incredible dreams and then getting into my own head saying, I don't think I can accomplish that. I don't think I can do this. I don't think people would, you know, and all of those stories and you got to kick it out. Your mindset will make or break you. So stop comparing yourself to anybody else. There's only one version of you. And just focus on being the best version of you that you can be because you have a gift to bring to this world. So get all that you can, learn all of the skills, get all of the experience that you can, and then take a chance on yourself. That is fantastic. Christy, thank you for sticking around and thank you for doing yet a second episode. Um, Your program, Mm -hmm. the name of the program is? It's actually called the Prosperity Guide Map. And it can be found inside of creditchristy.com coming soon uh, from two weeks from where we're recording today. Perfect. Well, she's Christy Service. I'm Dustin Owen. This is the Loan Officer Podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in. We got to go. Enjoy the rest of your day. <laughs>